Hello there, folks, and welcome to another edition of After the Movie. I'm Erica, along with Bob, here at House Lombard. Hi! We are your hosts for these, uh, this little discussion here. And uh, we're going to try to be a little more structured this time, which is weird for us. So we'll probably go veering wildly off the rails. Yeah, I think, I think what it really comes down to is kind of we started doing these movie ones... Um, as an addendum to our Game of Thrones ones, but I think at this point we've done more movie ones than Game of Thrones. I think because, you're absolutely correct. And I think, you know, like, ultimately we're going to eventually set this up as its own. After the movie, we'll get spun off at some, probably when Game of well, probably before Game of Thrones starts back up. Right. Uh, I mean, we may do, you know, some sort of retrospective on the series before we um, get to the new season coming in July. we got to talk about the teaser a little bit still. We haven't really done any Game of Thrones content since the uh, season ended last year. Also, quick aside, we have two dogs rooting around our house this week, so uh, if there are any weird, odd noises that I was not able to get rid of in the edit, I apologize in advance. That is uh, BTD and Lucy rooting around. Update number two, Bob the dog is out of the cone, for all of those that yes, care. Yes, he is. He has reascended the Iron Throne without the stupid cone on. So. Oh, do we have a picture of him sitting with the cone? We have many pictures of we him with that cone update on. The... We can throw one on the... We could... yes. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> and he'll hate us forever because he's a dog and he's aware. We should use... Like... No, no, no. We shouldn't put him on the Iron Throne with the cone. We should use that for whatever the after the movie image will be. No. I would like a picture of him in the cone on the wall, though. <laughs> <laughs> like huddled next to the fire with uh, John and Sam from that first season. Ah. Uh... <laughs> Um, Other uh, quick note, uh, we're going to do, uh, first off, massive spoilers throughout. So yes. I remember to do it this time. Yeah. Well, that's just going to be the thing with the show, is we're discussing it. Right. We're not, it's not a review, really. No, it's just us talking about what we right. liked and kind of bullshit like that. Before we go into it, though. It is also St. Patrick's it's Day, It's St. Patrick's Day. And Bob hasn't really done anything to celebrate the day, except for filling Jameson all over his notebook. Which is the ultimate thing. And that's my notebook, too, that you're spilling shit all over. So I appreciate that. Thank Sorry. you. <laughs> I've been listening to the Dropkick Murphys all day. So I've been doing Yes, I part. forgot that the Dropkick Murphys are the definitive Irish thing. It's like trying to apologize for being racist to uh, Jesse Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Irish Rover. It's a great song. <laughs> right, I'm just going to be sipping my whiskey. You can shoot it if you'd like. Happy St. Patty's. Oh, Jamal. I love Jameson. Delicious. All right. All right, so uh, one of the first things we're going to do here, folks, is we're going to talk about some of the trailers that we saw. We end up doing this every uh, time we go to movies anyway, so we thought we'd get a little trailer corner action here, go into the trailer park. Yeah. Remember well, those old websites where it'd be like, ooh, the trailers, and you'd be like, oh, this is some new weird thing, and the website was like a trailer park? I always got a kick for that. Well, I think I think the reason we both want to talk about it is because we've seen the same fucking trailers so many times at this really point. I was really happy we didn't get the Power Rangers one. Oh, thank God. I mean, we are going to go see that because I've got a lot to say, but... um. I think the one that's kind of been annoying me the most, uh, oh, there's a couple, um, is that fucking Life trailer. It's just so annoying. Well, and here's the thing. I was thinking about this as it was on, and it takes you through every step of the goddamn movie. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, 
You remember the Alien trailer? I do, actually. I watched it not too long ago. It, it, I think of that every time I see the Life trailer. Because Life is basically... At least it appears to be taking the beats from Alien. Mm-hmm. Fine. Whatever. There are no original ideas. It's just the way you present them. But they lay it all out there for you. They tell you, they tell you way too much. It's I like, shouldn't be seeing any bit of that alien life form in that trailer. Well, and you know, I'm sure it's not the first one that did it. But the one that sticks out in my mind as the one that spoils the whole movie for you before you ever go was the trailer for Terminator Genesis. That almost deserves its own 45 minutes. Because right? that was just, and maybe that was like kind of the the genesis of it. Sorry, sorry, I'll punch myself in the face. That was like the start of it, I feel, because it, it's a sign of them not having, uh, either thinking we're stupid as an audience to not be able to get the movie. It's like putting voiceover over your movie, right? Yeah. Because you think people aren't going to get it. And, and I just, I don't know if it's that they don't get it or, or they think we don't get it or... If they think, you know, we need more info about the movie to buy into it. But, you know, you don't need... If you if you spoil the movie ahead of it, I'm not going to go see it. That's why I didn't go see Terminator Genesis. Well, now, that, I didn't end up watching it. That twist was wicked stupid, yes. too. I mean, it's just like... Well, that movie was horrible. Spoiler, I watched it the other day for some reason. I walked in and I'm like... Why is Jai Courtney on one of I our needed, televisions right now? I needed something to watch in the background while playing Zelda. You flip on a podcast or something. I don't know why. You're not even looking at the screen. I know. I don't know why. I put it on. I was like, it can't no. be that bad. Yes. No, it was that bad. You said the same thing about uh, the Fantastic Four movie that recently came out. Oh. You put that fucker on too. And, and then you put on Jupiter Ascending. What was wrong with you that day? At least Jupiter Ascending had a good premise. Here's the thing with Jupiter Ascending. I think that could have... It, it's a typical... It's the Wachowskis trying to cram everything into one movie that really probably should have been the a The Wachowskis trilogy. just need to be ideas people. Yes. They I should agree. not direct. No. Right. Have them work with somebody who can like write a solid script. Right. And then just keep, but there's keep them reasons, on the entire the yeah. entire film because they do have really good ideas. The, there's a reason movies are a collaborative process. Yes. George Lucas. George Lucas. Um, but anyway, we veered off. <laughs> as we do. But the life trailer, it's just, it. I, I shouldn't see the alien. Nope. It should be, if you're going for the, the alien feel, which I, from that trailer, I feel you are. It should just be like either a really tight close up on... Either Gyllenhaal or Reynolds, maybe reading Goodnight Moon, and with the really heavy breathing and like the really kind of like there's shit going off should... everywhere. Keep it really basic, make it look really suspenseful. People will still go see your fucking movie. You should be asking yourself what is going to happen in this movie, right? Not, I know what's going to happen, right? Oh, the same thing happened with the Ghost in the Shell trailer, right? And that was, I mean, because we've talked about this before, how. You know, you've seen, what was the show? Or? The film. Film. The original okay. film. I didn't know if it was a show oh, or a film. God, you're the worst. But, I, and I have it, and I actually like the first trailer. The trailer that they 
we watched today. Well, the today is what shit. you would call a story trailer, where right? It's just like this is what our movie is. It was like no, now I now I know the movie. Right. The whole thing. Now I, I granted I had a pretty good idea of the story right. from the first trailer. But, you know, and you're again, giving too much away. Because we do this podcast, we are going to go see it. And I'm very curious as to what you have to say in regards to the movie. I need to refresh myself. It's been a minute since I've watched the original. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's not long either. It's like 55 minutes or some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, other notable trailer was the King Arthur... I forget what the subtitle was. It doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It's the guy from Pacific Rim the guy and from Sons Pacific of Anarchy. Rim and Sons of Anarchy, Jude Law, and I think Littlefinger? Did we confirm if Littlefinger is No, we didn't that? look it up. We didn't. Okay, whatever. No one gives a fuck anyway. I, I will admit, um, I thought the trailer was interesting. I really enjoy the King Arthur mythology, and I haven't seen any of the Hollywood um, movies about King Arthur long time. In a very long well, I, I think... remember watching the Mists of Avalon was a book about like the women mm-hmm. around King Arthur and I think I read that like in middle school or some shit and then there was like a TBS miniseries starring Juliana Margulies or she was in there or some shit mm-hmm. and I don't remember much about it but I remember really liking it but the Arthur mythos has always been very very interesting and I think of course like you like turn to me and you're like <laughs> I'm like oh my god that was amazing and you're like fucking like marketing meet Erica because they had a Led Zeppelin song yeah in this that trailer. was really odd because that doesn't happen very often but that's how like it, it it's a brilliant idea if you can get them to let you use the fucking like song because if I hear Spirit in the Sky one more time I'm gonna bash my face into the wall it's all Norman Greenbaum has I know I know is he still alive He's living um, in obscurity somewhere. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it's like, okay, okay. Guardians used it, and that's great. But, and I, I do want to talk about music. Because it has important... In regards to calm. the actual, yeah, the film well. that we went and saw today. Right. But, um, no, I thought it looked interesting. I think it does. I think, um, and I think we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more when we start talking about Kong in a minute. Um, I think for a very long time, um, Hollywood saw these pre-existing stories and they really half-assed them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they didn't really do the stories justice because it is a pre-existing story and you can kind of just... Ooh. But I think if you, you know, you can take a pre-existing story, if you do it right and well... It can still be really good, even though you are retreading. Well, and this is... Oh, and that's the whole thing, right? Like, people look at something like Inception. Okay. It, it's kind of a unique idea, but going into dreams, that's... That's something that we've seen before. Sure. But it's taking it into the levels, and it's the style, and kind of, like, the likability it's of the, the whole characters. Thing. It's the whole package. If it's just gonna be another trotted out, fucking boring as fuck... And we'll get into this in in the Kong discussion as well, because there's parts of it that I was kind of like, oh, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so it, it'll be interesting to see. And yeah. some of the visuals I thought were really cool, like the lady, uh, lady yeah. in the lake. I always say lady near the lake, because that's fucking neat. But um, what was the other one that I had a comment on? Oh, The Circle, where it was like, I kind of want to see the side movie of Tom Hanks and Patton Oswalt just having fun adventures with each other <laughs> while they were filming that movie. Yeah, I have no desire to see that at all. Um, it's more like, oh, it's on HBO. Okay. Right. It's on, like, a Saturday. I'll watch it. Whatever. Right. 
Um, kind of like last night, I was clicking around, ooh, I watched Eastern Promises. But, Fuck, guys, if you have not seen Eastern Promises, watch that fucking movie. That movie is brilliant. But yeah, that was really it for trailers. Um, was there anything else? Nothing that really, like... Then, no. I don't think there's going to be anything that really... Oh, we got a Guardians trailer. We did get a Guardians trailer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, again, too much. Way too much. I'm... Well, here's this... Yeah. This is... I'm glad you brought this up, because I didn't want to not talk about this. This was the major reason we wanted to have a little aside with the trailers. We all know Kurt Russell is in the fucking movie. Yes? Yes. Yes, we're all aware of this. Everyone has read the rumors of who he's playing in the movie. Yes? Yes. Don't put that in your fucking trailer. I don't need a stinger scene at the end of your trailer. No. That's gotten to a point where it's just like, I'm gonna go see your movie regardless, because I fucking love the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. But don't do that. Don't you know, spit in my face. Come it's, on. It's just... I, I don't really understand it. Um, someone out there seems to think that if you put out 17 trailers and TV spots and you have all this information that you're going to sell more tickets. Well, there's it, it, probably some truth to it, but I think you ruined the movie. It's not only that, because we, we have a prime example of this at the end of Kong. There's something to genuine shock and surprise when you go to the fucking movies. Yeah. Cause it's so, it makes it so much worse. Look at all the movies. Look at uh, just a couple of the movies that we really dug in the last couple of years. And most of them have been stuff that we were kind of under the radar on. Or we didn't have any expectation for. Like Mad Max. Oh my god. And that's top ten. Top yeah. ten all time. And I would that fight movie... anyone to the death who says otherwise. Right. That movie is amazing. No, we saw the first... I think we saw a trailer before... It was one of the Fast movies, wasn't it? Wasn't it Furious 7? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> And it's the trailer where they use um, Mozart's, uh, it's not Mo- maybe it is Mozart, Massa de Requiem, I think is the name of the song. And it's just got the crazy, like, car noises, and it's just this assault on your senses. And I turned to you when we were in the theater, and I'm like, we gotta go fucking see that movie. Well, and you know what? I had no idea before going into that movie what it was about. Me neither! No idea! Brilliant! I didn't need to! No, and that's the thing, it looks cool. It's all practical effects. I will come to the party for practical effects. Right. For any piece of dog shit. Uh, wasn't there something else that looked stupid that I was like, was I'm that? all in on that? I can't remember. I can't remember either. I don't know. So we will leave Trailers. the trailer park and we will come uh, to our main feature. We went and saw... We need a big band. It's what we need to cram a big band down here with us. Mariachi band. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. Obviously. Um, we went and saw Kong Skull Island. Again, kind of under the radar, I would say. A little bit. We saw a couple trailers for it. Maybe? We saw we, we saw a trailer for it in front of something recently. Can't remember what. But this wasn't really something we were looking forward to. But I no. saw the trailer, and then they have this... Uh, poster at the movie theater that looked like yeah uh it was something out of apocalypse now and i was like oh well hi there kong i know i know we just spent like uh 16 minutes shitting on trailers but um (laughs) no but a good trailer well here's the thing with kong um the first stuff i saw i was like "Eh." it was that last trailer that i was like this could be good Interesting. You know, and I think, so it's like, 
I don't know if like maybe they're releasing so much stuff because they're trying to target trailers to different audiences. Maybe. Maybe I think by and large they're failing. But I would agree with you. Um, but no, this was one of those rare cases where the last thing I saw was like, oh, this could be good. Confrontation, you say? Let's get in there. <laughs> well, and I like a big dumb monster movie. I love that shit. Like, it's just, it's right where you want to be. And I, again, going into spoilers here, and this is, we'll talk about this now, because as Bob very helpfully pointed out, it's one of the first things that we see when the movie starts. I had absolutely no fucking clue. And again, massive spoil. If you haven't seen this or don't know that this is part of a larger cinematic universe... Stop, go watch the movie if you're going to go see it. I had no idea that this was going to be, like, tied in with fucking yeah. Godzilla. So, th this is the thing. This is the legendary um, monster universe. Because we're watching the credits, right? And we mm -hmm. stay, I stay for the credits because those fu poor fuckers put a lot of work in. And you gotta stay and you gotta at least watch their name go by so they get a little recognition. Mm -hmm. No expectation of Stinger scene. So we're sitting there and it's scrolling and I look and I'm like, why are they saying like Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, like property of Toho? Yeah, we were like, we were sitting there like, was it scattered throughout the movie and we missed it? Right, because I like feel like if they had Mothra floating around, I would have fucking saw Mothra because <laughs> Mothra was fucking great. But I think you were a little more, oh yeah, okay, whatever, you know, like scattered there because, and I had like no fucking clue. So then, credits end, Tom Hiddleston starts talking to us. I'm like, that's kind of weird. Like, did they just kind of put in, like, a little snippet of dialogue at the end to be like, oh, you dumb fucks, like, waited for, like, a stinger scene. And lo and behold, we walk into stinger scene. And it's slowly dawning on me. Holy shit. I, I don't understand how you, of all people, did not realize, did not know this before we even go to the movie. I'm slipping in my old age. Because this is this is the whole um, legendaries now starting their monster cinematic universe, like, which started with Godzilla. We started like you started talking about it in the car ride on the way home. Some of the synapses started firing, and I was like, I remember vaguely reading about this, but the the dots were not connected. You at know all. what else is in this universe? Pentagram. No should be but no sad face the mummy i thought that was the universal one no that's legendary too is it i am like no that's universal they're trying to do their own i'm pretty with the old monsters yeah yeah are you sure pretty sure though if you want to include tom cruise screaming stupidly after a lady mummy while russell crowe is like she will destroy you i'm kind of all about that I could have sworn this was part of. That's Universal's thing. All right, yeah, you're right. I was, I'm wrong. I could have sworn that was part of it. No. Okay, so we've got that, two. That was the other movie. We've got two monster universes. That was the dumb other movie that I kind of looked over and I'm like, eh? no. That looks like harsh. <laughs> that right? I'm gonna have to go see by myself. Um. Um. Anyway. Back to Khan. Uh. So. I. I and the monarch thing, like, it didn't even, I was, I went Venture Brothers, and I'm like, oh, the monarch, the yeah. monarch. <laughs> it's funny. Didn't even, because I haven't watched that Godzilla movie in a minute, mm -hmm. which I really enjoyed when I first watched it, but then, like, the more I thought about it, still, like, a fun movie, 
Not nearly enough dumb monster fighting. Fair. Needed more dumb monster fighting. And I was that like... That was not a problem in this movie. No, it was not. <laughs> but I was... At the end of Godzilla, it had some very interesting visuals. And I did overall like the story. You got Cranston in there, which is always a good time. And then um, I, my rationale was, though, that if this gets us to King Ghidorah on the big screen again, I'm a happy fucking camper. <laughs> So, apparently I'm getting that, because they definitely showed him in, like, cave paintings at the end of the teaser scene. Well, and just imagine King Ghidorah with this kind of budget. I know, I'm so excited! (laughs) And, I mean, there's something to the old costumes and the crappiness of it. Like, we gotta get those old monster movies on Blu-ray. Like, I would love that. Just sit down for, like, a fucking, like, week and watch all those. Um, I would say, uh, with this movie... It seems like Hollywood has finally figured out how to do a modern monster movie. I think that's fair. Yeah, because Godzilla, they really... They tried to shoehorn a lot of that, like, human drama in there. Right. And this one, it just felt like it it was there, but in such a not-invasive, kind of natural way. Yeah, right. Like I It made a lot of sense. It did. I wasn't annoyed at any of the characters. Like, you didn't have the, the bomb tech... Who just mystically appears everywhere and is in the right spot at the right time for everything. Right. Like Godzilla. You know. Um, no, this... The the story that feeds into getting to Skull Island and... And I like how quick we got there. Yes. You were on the boat heading for Skull Island within 15, 20 minutes of this movie starting. Mm-hmm. That's right where you want to be. Yeah. You're getting me a monster mash. Let's get to the fucking monster mash. And when you get to the island, it does not take long... To see Kong. Well, and here's the thing. This is what I really liked about this movie. And if it's not coming through, I loved the shit out of this movie. I liked that whenever you thought it was going to zig, it zagged. You see those helicopters flying into that storm? I'm like, oh, here we go. Somebody's fucking dying. They're in this storm for maybe two seconds. All of the helicopters get out okay. So it's kind of a release of tension, and you're like, oh, well, okay, cool, so we're just gonna kind of do the slow burn. Okay, I'm fine with that. So then, when they're kind of doing their thing on the island, you're not expecting that tree to come flying out of nowhere. Right. And when that tree does come flying out of nowhere, you're like, oh shit. (laughs) Shit's getting real. And it got real fast. Well, because when was the last time you saw CG whatever notwithstanding... An action scene like that with helicopters. It's been a while. It's been a while. And I really, um, you know, this movie, uh, timeline-wise, it takes place right at the end of the Vietnam War. Yes. Um, And I thought that did an excellent job of, uh, you know, the similar thing that Guardians did where it grounds it in... uh, The music of the time? Well, the music... It's grounding it in something, right? Well, right, in a, in a time period. So there's something to kind of latch right. on to while there's the craziness going Well, on. and I think because they did the Vietnam War and because they did what they did with the characters, which I really liked, particularly Samuel L. Jackson, um, it, you know, it made sense for the story. Right. You know, it made sense to have this general, not a general, he's a colonel, um, this colonel. Colonel Kurtz. This colonel who, um, who you know, is being told he has to abandon the fight 
because essentially because of politics. Right, right. And you know, well, they do a pretty good job of showing that when you first meet him, where he's just kind of like, oh, "Fuck, what, what, what did we do?" He gets the call, and he's like, "Oh, we're fighting." Thank you. He actually, says thank you to whoever's giving him his orders. Right. He's a guy who wants to. He wants to fight. Yeah. I had I, I did have a moment right at the beginning of the movie where uh, Chapman walks in the room. And I thought... I thought when he first walked in, that was a little clunky. That was a little bit. But I thought uh, Samuel L. Jackson said, uh, Captain. And I didn't... I didn't. Chapman didn't fire in my head till later in the movie. And I'm sitting there, and I'm stewing. Because Chapman's a major. Mm-hmm. And you... You can see the insig- the leaf insignia. Did, did you find that all of that was proper and correct? It looked good. For the most but, part. Yeah, but no, I'm sitting here, I'm like, come on, guys, this is like a big budget movie. <laughs> How could you fuck this up? But then you realize. Yeah, because it was later, I was like, oh, okay, okay. Because <laughs> I was like, that that would be weird, guys. A little bit. <laughs> um, no, but, uh, yeah, that scene was a little clunky. They were clearly. he just kind of walks in and he's like, oh, what's the matter? And it's like. Right. Like, they're clearly trying to establish Samuel L. Jackson's character a Which little bit. I thought they did very well in those couple scenes. Yeah. Um, if we talk about characters for a minute... Um, sure. I thought it was perfect. Cole was my favorite character. Cole was great. Oh, yeah. The mouse doesn't kill the lion with the, th- the thorn? <laughs> no. God. He's got a... That explains so much. <laughs> he's got a couple of good lines in the movie. And he's like, he, he looks like proto Vigo Mortensen, but he's actually done like, he was on like Boardwalk Empire. He's done like a ton of stuff. Yeah. I forget the actor's name, but he was choice. He was um, really good. John Goodman was great. John Goodman's great in everything he does, though. He's got that like, good, like, like crazy, like, mm, that quiet intensity that he does so well. I'm getting too skinny. He's back. still not small. He's not small. You've got a case of not small. I need my jacket. Um, Solid beard too. Uh, no, he 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 did. I thought a very good job of portraying that. You know, I I know what I saw. I'm trying to make. I'm trying to prove it. Right. And you know, and that kind of craziness that comes with it mm-hmm. after a long time. Well, I think that's why part of why Samuel L. Jackson lets him live because he kind of, in a fucked up way, he gets that, you know. Right. Um, Tom Hiddleston. Excellent. Outstanding. Great. I was really worried about his character from what I saw in the trailers. Um, because it almost played him off as like a throwaway character. The way that, I want to say it was the first trailer made it look, was like we were going to go through all the normal King Kong beats. Yeah. So what I really like, especially with Brie Larson's character, is there's that little bit of like understanding between her and Kong. Mm -hmm. Because he sees her like trying to get the helicopter off one of the big like yak things. Right. And he pulls it off and he doesn't like stomp on her. Right. Like poor Sparks Nevada at the end. Sparks Nevada is in this movie, guys. I was so excited. Not many lines, but he's there. He's getting that paycheck. Good for him. Um, yeah, they kind of do the whole, like, the blonde chick who kind of tames the beast. And I was so worried that he was going to grab her at some point and they were going to do that whole big thing. Right. And they never did. And I was very pleased about that. Well, and I, I generally... Because I kept waiting yeah. for it. I'm like, oh, here we go. I, I did generally like what they did with Brie Larson's character. 
too. You know, um, she was a very strong uh, character, um, particularly for the time. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't take shit. Right. You know, um, and... Well, she's just there to do her job. Right. And there's that moment, like, right after Kong sets her down, where, you're like, the pessimistic, like, jaded movie fan in you is saying, oh, like, they're gonna make out or something. Oh, her and Hiddleston? Yeah, yeah I was waiting for it. I'm like... Oh, and yeah. it doesn't even get guys. the CPR. No, no, like, no I she just wakes sure up. sure we were getting CPR. Yeah, that's what I thought. And, no, she just wakes up, they hug, because they just went through shit. Right, But exactly. it's not like... It's not like, yeah, I was oh, waiting for it. Oh, we're in love. Like, they did that, no they had that scene where they were in, like, the bowels of the ship, and I'm like, oh, here we fucking go. Like, you saw this coming. But I really appreciated that it never went there. No. Yeah, it was, uh, it was very, I thought they handled her character very well. And she's, and, you know, especially considering, you know, there is one other female, the Chinese woman, who, is she just, like, the Chinese woman who appears in western movies now because yes. she was was she the one who was in resurgence i don't think so Mr. no braces i don't know i am yeah. you are a white guy i am a so white you guy. are just automatically the worst it's true <clears throat> um what a terrible thing to say you suck <laughs> i don't know you're terrible i apologize as you should to china <laughs> I mean, they're going to be our overlords sometime over the next three years, Bob. So you don't want them to ever find this. Well, as long as there are overlords and not executors. Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about how whoever wrote this screenplay had watched Kill Bill, like, a lot before they sat down to pen it? <laughs> like, a lot? <laughs> There's one point in uh, the be- the opening scene is uh, these two planes crashing onto Skull Island. One is yep. a allied plane one is a japanese jet and they're dog fighting and uh, they crash and that's kind of your lead in into the movie uh, and there's a samurai sword involved and it's got the stamp on it and i turned to uh bob when it happened i'm like it's a torianzo steel and i really have a feeling that if we went and looked back it it's possible that. that it is <laughs> and then kong turns into gogo yubari uh late in the movie which I thought hysterical. Um, since we were just discussing characters and we missed and the we biggest one in the movie, um, John C. Riley. Yeah, he was delightful. It and was not great. just because he was bringing up the Cubs the whole time, but no, it was a really nice kind of take on the guy who gets. Maroon. Abandoned. Yeah. Right. I liked the way they handled the villagers on the island, too. Because mm-hmm. when they come out and they've got, like, their spears, you're, again, you're like, oh, here we fucking go. Like, typical. But no, they're, like, really peaceful. They're, like, have almost evolved beyond language. Right. Like, John C. Rowley is like, no, they're real, like, they can just, you just start you just understanding know. them right. as you live with them. They're very kind of past all this bullshit. Um, and I did check, because I was curious... Um, John C. Riley is a Chicago native. Um, I feel like I knew that. Yeah. He went to DePaul. Ah, there you go. Nice. Um, so that's, well, it's nice that they, it's nice when something like that happens where, you know, rather than like, okay, 
um, let's just pick a random baseball team or a random sport. It's like, no, this is the actor's... Well, and it has that what he grew flavor up to it. Then, right. You know, where like, he's talking about a Budweiser and a Wrigley dog, and you're like, I know exactly where you're at, John C. Riley. I know exactly what you're talking and about. And he was like, except you're real. These aren't real. <laughs> and he had, like, the baseball with him and yeah. stuff. It just, it was a nice kind of, like, flavor text to the character. You know, uh, they did such a good job with his character in particular and throughout the movie of actually building you up to care about the characters. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when they, when they get the boat working, you're like, all right. You're like, oh, we're all getting on the stupid boat now. Awesome. And the scene at the end, right before the credits. Oh, where you where see him, he actually does get home. Yes. Yeah. And that he's watching. <laughs> Like, oh, come on, that's not fair. <laughs> Bob likes hot dogs. I don't know if you guys knew this or not. Well, not even that. Just when he gets home to his family. Right, you right, know. right, 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 right. It's like... Did you get a little misty? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> that's adorable. <laughs> that's how jaded and horrific I am. Oh, yeah, whatever. Don't give a fuck that. Oh, he's watching the Cubs. Cool. Bob's, like, keening next to me, and I don't even fucking notice. I'm the fucking worst. <laughs> oh my goodness! But they did, you know this. Well, you cared about the character, right? Right. And this this movie did so much more to make you care about the characters and to build emotion naturally than so many other movies, you know. Well, and it's also I thought the casting was really smart because you kind of have. At least with the with the character actors that they chose, your John Goodmans, your Samuel Jacksons, your John C. Mm-hmm. Rileys. If you're a fan of movies, odds are you like either most or all of those gentlemen. So you do right. come in with an emotional attachment already. Hold on to your butts. Oh, fuck you, Samuel Jackson. Well, well then that like okay for referencing other like properties, John C. Riley totally should have been like, she's got it where it counts, kid. I was waiting for it. He said something, and I'm like. Come on, just finish it. Finish the quotes. Um, well, and even all the soldiers. Yeah. You know, I mean, Cole, we already mentioned, but everybody else kind of gets their little moment to kind of to shine. Mm-hmm. They did, they really, I just thought overall with the cast, they really had, you know, a good read on them and what they needed to be. Um, you know, it's one of those movies that really doesn't have any business being as good or enjoyable as it ended up being right you know because i never would have thought okay we're gonna go in and see kong skull i'm just like fucking giant monkey like ridiculousness right all in but actually really really like this movie Mm -hmm. and if we're leading in to giant like monster mania oh my god i'm so so in i was like marking out mad style when they put up that image of king Ghidorah, just like Yes. Um, speaking of the the fights, though, I mean, it was all great. Um, it was. It was uh, really good because uh, one of the problems with Godzilla, and uh, I was talking to um, uh, Jack mm-hmm. about this a while back, because I we think we recommended it to him. We had seen it. And we were like, oh, totally, it's great. Go see it. Yeah. And he was very kind of like lukewarm on it because it's there's not a lot of monster fighting. Right. And you go into a Godzilla movie wanting giant monster fighting. Right. 
That's why we all love Pacific Rim so much. And I think this movie, if this is the way that they're moving now, yeah, awesome. This Agreed. is almost like this is what Transformers should have been. Like I don't care about your dumb human characters. I am here for the giant robot fighting. Right. That is why my ass is in this seat. Right. Why are you not giving me giant robot fighting? Anything else should all be complimenting and built. Like... It's ancillary. Right. I mean, it's important, but it's ancillary. Right. I am here to watch a giant monkey fucking whale on shit. You did not sell me a ticket to this movie because a pilot from World War Two gets stranded on an island and is trying to get home. No. That although was done extremely well, um, that is not what put me in the seat. No. So, um, so yeah, I guess I can kind of understand. I still, I still did like Godzilla, but. No, no, I liked Godzilla. I still enjoy the movie. Yeah. It's just looking back on it now, it's like, okay, yeah, I, I can Well, and this see. was a lot better. <laughs> yes. No, that. no, no. You know, there's movies so. where I'll be like, oh my God, I love this. And then somebody's like, oh, that's fucking garbage. And it's like, no, you're just a fucking moron. See Mad Max Fury Road, um, which I find myself having to defend a lot lately. I don't understand. I that. don't get it either. I think it's fucking brilliant, but whatever. That's, yeah, whatever. Feminist overtone. And they all showed up to the Oscars wearing their Mad Max leather jackets. As you fucking well which should. Which is awesome. Oh, how awesome would that have been if that won? It was never going to win Best Picture. It won all the great technical awards, but... Oh my god, that would have been glorious. Um, but yeah, all the the you know the opening fight with the helicopters it was great. Perfect. Yeah, um, loved it. Really not expecting it at all, especially after you had that kind of dissolution of the tension when they got through the storm. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I really thought that was gonna be like woohoo. There's the one thing. What's the one thing about this movie? You could not fit all those fucking helicopters on that ship. That was hilarious. <laughs> so they, when they're flying, when they're up to the uh, the island, um, you, they show you on the ship there are maybe, maybe four or five helicopters on that ship. When they're flying off of the ship, thirteen at least. Did you count? I did. Yeah, and it's so like he's like, what the fuck. <laughs> But then they showed two ships then. Come on. There's another one. You couldn't see it. It was hidden. It was... That was a little like, oh, come on, guys. Like, come on. But once we got through, like, that's smallest of little complaints. Yeah, it's... The other thing I do really want to talk about is uh, the music. Yes. And a couple things about it. One, I'm going to get my complaint out of the way first. Just because Guardians did it doesn't mean everybody has to do it. It's fair, yeah. And that's starting to get on my nerves. I mean, Suicide Squad was a very special kind of example. Because it was just like, okay, okay. Calm down. I get it. Use the licensing money for something else in your shithouse movie. Let's let's just stop, please. Mm-hmm. But, um... And here, it's a period piece. You want to be, like, kind of showing that you're in the period, you know, in the Vietnam War, and... I appreciated that they didn't go... I'm sure somebody was like, hey, maybe we should play Flight of the Valkyries. And somebody else was like, no, we're not doing that. That's a little too on the nose, guys. And I appreciated that we didn't go... You didn't hear Fortunate Son in this movie. 
Because no. that's kind of the go-to, like, Vietnam song. Well, Blitz, I mean, there, there, there were definitely were a couple of go-to Vietnam White were, Rabbit. But um, I felt like they were... That was the one where I was kind of like, mm, okay. Yeah. But I felt there were some deeper cuts there. What I, I assume you have the music list up. I do. So, Fire them off for us, Bob. Um, you've got Time Has Come Today. Good song. Matt Troy Den, White Rabbit, Long Cool Woman, Down on the Street. Paranoid. That was fun. I did. That was uh, brother. Badman Rising. Well, you want to get a little Clarence Clearwater revival in there. Uh, Ziggy Stardust. That was the one where I was kind of like, that was in Guardians. Let's not. No, was it's it Moonage Daydream. That's in Guardians. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but run through the jungle, and we'll meet again. I liked we'll meet again. That was done very well. I like Run Through the Jungle, too. That's a good song. Mm-hmm. It, but it's like, not the stuff you usually hear. You always hear Fortunate Son in the Vietnam movie. Right. So I appreciate that they didn't go Fortunate Son. They went with some different stuff. But I was in the theater like, okay, I'm going to have to like... I have a bunch of these songs on my phone already, but I have to download a couple more. Um, and, and they didn't... They weren't egregious with it, but I am... And I don't know if it's just because after Suicide Squad, I'm a little more heightened... To that stuff, right. but it's it's like Guardians did it, so now a bunch of movies are gonna do it. Well, what I did kind of notice um, about the movie is, you know, they were very heavy on the licensed music, um, getting to Skull Island, but kind of after the choppers crashed. Well, once they lost their stereo, right? Right. Well, and that was kind of a nice touch. No, it was. It made sense. Right. right. You know, and it, it really dropped off, um, but. Uh, yeah, it wasn't, I don't know. I, I didn't think it was a great, I thought it was fine, but it is noticeable. And it, it definitely does, every time you start hearing an abundance of licensed music in a movie, that is your first thought. It's like, oh. Guardians did Guardians it. And did. Guardians did it in such a perfect way. Right. That, no. Just, no. And I, I'm sure it's because of Suicide Squad that I'm also like. Was, was Suicide Squad a problem? A little bit. Oh, okay. When we hit Without Me by Slim Shady, it was like, for fucking serious, guys. Calm the fuck down, okay? Sure it wasn't House of the Rising Sun? Alright, I'm not going to do that. We're in Louisiana! (laughs) For some reason. Not Arkham, but whatever. Whatever. That movie fucking sucked. Well, the other thing that I really, really liked, I want to touch on this a little bit, Mm -hmm. is that so... Vietnam, the conflict was you had a bunch of fucking old white men, no offense, I mean, you're not old, but whatever, who were kind of controlling the lives of these younger men they were sending off to war to Mm -hmm. go off and be killed. Right. And in this movie, you see that older guard get just decimated, and it is the younger people who end up surviving. Yes. And being able to get out and start their new life and go see the Florida Keys. Which isn't an island. It's a key. It's a key. It's actually an island. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Paul didn't say it was an island. He said it was a key. But I kind of like that sort of way it all played out. Because I don't know how old Tom Hiddleston is. I can't imagine he's too terribly old. But he's not. Like Samuel L. Jackson is in his fucking 70s. Yeah. And uh, John Goodman isn't any spring chicken either. And I, I like the way that with John C. Riley, he was an older dude, but 
because he was removed from the world and had lived this kind of he was almost right. like a conscientious objector right you well because you know it's it's an i'm actually right at the moment i'm reading a book about vietnam and what are you reading um it's that book by um that general mcmaster that um our wonderful president put in uh charge of the nsa what is it called um i can't remember off the top of my head i'm blanking but he talks about the failures in leadership of the vietnam war mm-hmm. um and Man, people should like learn a lesson from that um it is really very interesting especially when you you know he he, he really he goes through like a lot of the declassified documents and he shows like look this is how like you, you weren't listening and this that and the other um and you know i think if you look at modern history you know has there been like a really legitimate and justified war since the end of world war ii and really it's all boiled down to either communist fear and uh see the fear of losing money or religious extremism Mm -hmm. you know there hasn't been we haven't seen like a war where no we're going in because hitler's well and even then we we didn't go in because of hitler we went in because we were attacked right so we were turning away refugees from right germany so actually saw something and frank was Turned away. One of the families who was turned away. Right. So because fuck those foreigners, Bob. Yes. But I um, don't believe that. Don't edit out that soundbite to just be that. Um. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Um. But uh, no, it's it's very interesting because you know it does add that commentary with this guy who has been removed, who hasn't, who you know wasn't exposed to McCarthyism, and hadn't had his mind warped. Right. It's like. Like, no, this is do. stupid. Right, right. So when uh, Samuel Jackson's character is like, no, fuck Kong. And it's really the whole thing is kind of a metaphor for it, right? Yeah. Because uh, Kong attacks his men because they're, you know, coming in and bombing the shit out of his land. Mm-hmm. So Kong attacks to defend himself. And then they realize that uh, uh, Kong being on the island is keeping these other even scarier fuckers from right. coming out into He's the wide not the world. He's the real enemy. So Samuel Jackson is like, no, fuck that. This guy killed my men. I'm fucking killing him. And you can understand where he's coming from. Well, and that's what, what's really interesting about it and it's really, you know, the great tragedy of modern war is that... We got deep here, guys. We did. Um, but the movie... That's the weird thing about this movie is it addresses these things... Well, because it touches on subtle stuff. Thi- in a subtle... very... Like, I didn't even think of the weird infringing on his land and that's why like that didn't even right like as a metaphor for the greater conflict that didn't right. even like come to me until we're sitting talking here but they do you know this is there's this really interesting view of the military where you know you you'll get if you're if you're a civilian who's had no experience with the military at all it can so me and our president uh, yes um it can be very, i'm not a draft dodger though true um it can be very difficult to to understand the soldier's point of view and often they do lean much more heavily conservative but what you got to remember about a soldier is when you sign up you are saying right away 
that you are giving away your right to make decisions. I feel we should also preface this by saying that you were actually in the military. I was, right. briefly. But, you know, you, you're signing away your right to make those wider decisions about whether or not a fight is worth it. Well, and we see that with the younger guys right. who are following Samuel Jackson's character. Because you can tell that they're kind of like, this is fucking bullshit. He's right. going to get us all killed. But he's our superior officer. Right. And it's not until at the very end of the movie where Tom Hiddleston and uh, Brie Larson come in and to step in and be like, you can't kill Kong. He's here because he's doing this. Right. And one of their own actually turns his gun on Samuel Jackson and is like, we can't, we can't do this. I forget his name. Uh, yeah, I don't remember either. Stack something. Something like that. Was. But yeah, it's it's a real talk. It really talks about, you know, the importance of leadership. And when you sign up, you have you really need to believe that you can trust the leaders that are there, and because you can't question them. Right, and we we see that uh, I, I forget his character's name as well because he's Samuel L. Jackson. How he he has slowly kind of lost his grip on reality when at the end when they're luring Kong out to fight them so because they put napalm all over this lake and they're gonna just right. torch him. He has this crazy look in his eye. And it's just like he's like yeah everything is just he, he has to kill this fucker. Small aside on Samuel L. Jackson. Sure. So uh, one of the times we were fortunate enough to get upgraded to first class. Um, if you've never ridden first class in the United, you probably aren't aware that there is actually a separate magazine for first class. You get hemispheres in the back. <laughs> you can get hemispheres up in first two. Hemispheres for the plebes. But, but there is actually another magazine they make purely for first class. And I'm sure other airlines do it, but we fly United. Um, so we got upgraded ones. So if you want to throw some free tickets our way, United, that's some that's It's some a delightful prime, experience. It is a delightful experience. <laughs> that's some primo advertising to our like 38 subscribers. Um, and that's being generous. <laughs> uh Oh, yeah. So I was reading in that flight, they had happened to do a spotlight on Samuel L. Jackson. And one of the interesting things I read in it, you know, they said, you know, you've done some really good stuff. You've also kind of done some horse shit. Um, you know, what What do you, th he's like, you know, I only ever do movies that I feel like I want to watch them. You know, so yeah, I did Snakes on a Plane, which was the dumbest movie. They sold him on that with just the title. Right. But he was like, yeah, I wanted to watch it. Like, I thought this would be fun. And I appreciate that. Because you get, I mean, you get actors of all sorts. Some people who will sign on for anything. Some people who will only sign on if it's Oscar bait. Um, but there's some people, like, um, a good example is We Hate Movies was talking about this. So go listen to We Hate Movies. They're delightful. When they did Jurassic World, or no, Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World. Mm -hmm. They were talking about Julianne Moore. Mm -hmm. like, she's a great actress, but there was a period there where she was in a ton of garbage. And she was just like, well, I'm a woman in Hollywood. I'm going to hit 30, right. and I'm not going to work anymore. So I need to make as much money as I can now. Right. So I can kind of be like... Right. And I think there's some credence to that. And people got to work. We all do well, shit yeah. we don't want to do. You know, yeah. I don't begrudge anybody for being in a shitty movie. I think it's really refreshing, uh, though. There's some people who are yeah. like, really? I think it's really refreshing, though, to see a, a take on it of, you know, I'm not signing on to something if it's not something I want to watch. 
Well, it's nice to, like, he actually, like, looks at it. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd watch that. Right. And, like, to not be so high and mighty to think that a B movie is not something you'd want to watch. Right. If I'm an actor, I'm more above that. What's mm-hmm. his name from the guy who's done, like, five movies, but he's so, like, critically acclaimed? The guy who's done five movies. We, there Will Be Blood, Lincoln. Oh, Daniel Day-Lewis? Yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis can do whatever the fuck he wants to do. He was Daniel Plainview. And honestly, he could just not do anything ever again. And we're fine. He might not. We're fine. We're totally fine. And he was Bill the Butcher. We're fine. He's we're, like... We're... This, we're fine. This magnificently acclaimed actor and his acting credits are like this. He doesn't have a... Well, he's choosy. Yeah, and, and it's fine. Oh, it have really you seen is. There Will Be Blood? No. Oh, that movie's so fun. Um, Drainage, Eli. Drainage, you boy. Oh my God, he's he's just chilling in that movie. They said Daniel Day Lewis would be intense. He's not intense. He's the The most most intense. (laughs) Paul F. Tompkins, if you would like to come join our podcast for a discussion of a movie, probably fucking would. He's been on every goddamn podcast under the sun. We'd probably have to go to Los Angeles or New York, though. Yeah, I'm not doing. He doesn't ever come to Chicago. Why don't you ever come to Chicago, Paul? It's middle America. He doesn't like us. Are flights to Chicago expensive? Maybe. I don't know. That's a great album, though. What is that? Um, Laboring it, Under Delusion? Yeah. That's a great album. Go listen. It's, it's him, and he's talking about all of his different uh, jobs that he's held over the years. King hat. <laughs> it's so good. It, listen to it. All of his albums are great. He's fucking brilliant you actually got to go see him uh live in la right i did get you to went to a spontanation spontanea nation um it was uh yeah it was a lot of fun uh at the largo at the coronet um no it was a really good time and i was surprised it was actually surprised it wasn't completely sold out well i think because he does it every week yeah um but he does and i think there's just a lot of options in la for that kind of crap. Right. You know, right, right, right. And, and not crap. It was delightful. But Well, he's delightful. He is. Um, Lots of plugs this episode that we're not going to get paid for or paid off at all. Well, you see, here's the thing. If if you get your name out there, then one day you'll get paid. No. Um, so we talked about the first big Kong fight uh, with the helicopters. Yeah, which I really... I love that... Uh, and I mean, it's all CG, so there's not a lot of technical mastery going on anymore well, but when the copter was spinning yeah. and they had the camera fixed that was and you're cool in there with them it was a pretty cool shot i also really liked that the poster for that we saw in the theater that we really liked actually came from a shot of the movie it wasn't stylized to make it uh the, the one that was very apocalypse nowy that was a painted poster it was painted, but it came from a shot. No, no, because there are definitely shots in this movie that are very clearly inspired by Apocalypse Now. Right. We kind of follow the same sort of, not beats, but you're on a boat going down river at one point, like in Apocalypse Now. You've got a crazy colonel. Or there's stuff taken from that, but it's, it's, it's done in a way that's not... And it might annoy some people, but I didn't find it to be... No. Annoying. He was like, oh, okay, I understand what you guys are going for. That's the seminal yeah. Vietnam movie. I just, what I really liked about it, you know, not even talking about Apocalypse Now per se, is that 
you know, their marketing for the movie matched with what the movie actually is. It's nice when that happens, isn't it? You get, like, there were, there's another poster we saw out there recently that it was like, it was a really cool poster, but it didn't quite match what was going on in the movie, and I can't remember what it was for. But it, it just, it's really nice to have that. Um, Rogue One, maybe? No. Uh, I don't remember. Maybe it was something we didn't talk about. But anyways, anyway, it's nice to have that. Like, well, you've like got the feel for it. When everything kind of, it isn't trying to claim it's something it's not. It's, right. No, this is the movie. This right. is the movie. This is what you're going to see. And it's going to be a delightful monster match. I enjoy that final, anything, Kong fighting, any, even the little thing with the squid at the one point. That was really cool. Because I saw, when that scene starts, you're with, um... Chapman. Chapman, he's, like, trying to get cleaned up or whatever. Well, didn't they tell him to stay put? Why did he start wandering Yeah, I around? noticed that. That too. annoyed me. Because yeah. it's like, don't motherfuckers... You're supposed to stay put. Right. You would be alive now if you just stayed put. Um, you know, he's sitting there, he's cleaning up, and you see something in the background. Yeah. And I, uh, for a second, I was just like, okay, that's just a throwaway to remind you there's shit here. But, um, oh no, I thought for sure this fucker's getting pulled under. But then it, it zigs when you think it's gonna zag. Which I appreciate. Right, and ends up being Kong. And and that was a great scene because at first it's like, okay, the squid got the jump on him. This is gonna be... Like a thing. A thing, and then it's like, no, it, it steps lasts. on its head. It's, yeah, it's, it's fine. Um, well, and I thought they did a really good job of kind of characterizing and humanizing... Uh, doing a good job with the character of Kong. Yes. I thought. Right. You know? Because it's not just uh, a, a big, you know, monkey uh, ape played by Andy Serkis. Because I'm pretty sure he didn't do the motion capture for this. But it, um, it did a good job with it. And without hitting those usual King Kong beats. Right. Which I was worried were going to come in somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I was very pleased when they didn't. Yeah, it, it was, you know, because they build him up as this guy, as this you know, uh, character who's actually, he cares about the place he lives in. Right. And, you know, there are these indigenous people who he... Kind of revere him as a god. Right. And there's like... Because he is actually protecting, he's protecting the world, basically. Right. Because, you know, there are these these other monsters, the, what does he call them? Skull walkers? Yeah. Or something like that? That that was such an improv scene, but I, I enjoyed it. We don't have to call him that. Call, call him whatever you want. <laughs> he was, was great in this movie. He was so good. Like you, you don't get you do get reminders every now and again that John C. Riley is actually like a great fucking actor. Well, and what was what was really nice about it is because I feel like a lot of times you get a, a, a like a, a a part like this, you know they they want you just to be goofy the whole time, mm-hmm. and there are a number of times throughout the movie. Where he gets deadly serious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And but then it, it's also tempered with when he meets the soldiers. He's like, oh, yeah. You're you, all going to die. You're all, all going to die. You never should have come here. You're all good good soldiers to die with. And it's just, it's hilarious. But, because just the bluntness of it. But yeah, there's moments where he's just like, yeah, we, we, no, we can't do this. So, no, I, I actually like, well, and I, thinking through the connotations to like the Vietnam War, uh, in regards to the movie, it, it, it's actually it, it pretty clever the way they've kind of structured it. Right. And you think you know all this just some big dumb 
monster throwaway bullshit, you know, popcorn, well, and whatever, ho- but it's actually the, a really good movie. And to go back, even, you know, even another level of it is... We're incepting. We're incepting. Um, <laughs> I haven't watched that movie in a while. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, you know, you've got... John C. Riley was a World War II pilot. It was a fight that those soldiers genuinely believed in. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and he comes back and, you know, when when they're like, oh, you go back to the boat. He's like, no. Like, I'm going to go defend Tom. Right. And because he is just a genuine good soldier. He's a good man who goes to war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And well, we saw that with him and the, uh, I forget the name of the uh, Japanese pilot, but they eventually, like, learn to coexist. Like, the movie starts and they're, like, trying to kill each other. Yeah. With, sam- <laughs> with a fun samurai story. sword. <laughs> well, it really kind of, like, set it up for, we're gonna get a little ridiculous. Here. Right. We're gonna get a little ridiculous, but it's gonna be okay. That, that One thing about that opening scene, though, I was a little mad they showed us Kong that early. I was like, you could have done that a little more, maybe which with shadow and like not yeah. hands coming up. It got a little goofy. Or stop with the hands. Or the one hand coming up, and I didn't need to actually see him yeah. come up. You know, it's like no, save it, save it, because when you do see him fully for the first time, it's during that helicopter fight, and it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The. Yeah, in the fight with the Skullwalker was really interesting. Well, both of them. Right. Because you get the smaller one when they're in kind of like the that bone graveyard. Well, I like that everybody kind of does something in the fights. Yes. You know? It, it's it, it, like, okay, you're here for a reason. Right. You know, not just, oh, yeah, we're here to be here. Because it's a big cast. There's a lot of people in this movie. There are. And they call it down, but then there's still a lot of people in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in that final fight with the uh, big the big guy, the big skull walker, that was really... Well, and that was just such a great monster fight. It was. You know. Especially when we went full go-go. So what happens, let me, like, if you've seen Kill Bill Part 1... Uh, Gogo Ibari is uh, one of the crazy 88, and she has this weapon that's just a ch- like a ball with like fucking blades on it at the end of a chain. <laughs> so Kong at one point gets knocked back into these uh, ships, and uh, he gets caught in the chains for a second, which I also thought was kind of a clever like reference to when he's like on Broadway and like chained up. He pulls himself free, and one of the chains has wrapped itself around a propeller. So he pulls this thing free, and he starts using that to fight Skullwalker. And I'm like, it's fucking go-go. I mean, that's brilliant. It's glorious and ridiculous, but it's fucking go-go. So, that with the Hattori Hanzo sword, I was really like, somebody likes Kill Bill. Well, I did, I did really like, you know, they set up earlier in the movie... Um, John C. Riley's telling them about how, you know, Kong is still growing and he probably couldn't take down the big one. Right. 
And, right. then, and he really couldn't. He only was really able to do it because the humans helped him. Right. And that's what I really liked. The, the humans were a tangible help. Right. The, you know, it wasn't just they were there seeing um, the monster fight, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but you've got the characters. No, you may as well like, use them. Use something. Right. Exactly. And right. everybody kind of got their little moment in that last fight. Right. Um, I did like the boat. Well, the boat was great. I like that little conversation they have about the tigers and the cubs on the boat. It's just those little character moments that really shade in right. the characters. And that's what that's what takes a movie from just being like your standard dumb popcorn fare, like let's just go waste a fucking Friday, mm-hmm. to, okay, this is actually like a movie I would want to watch again and right. like thoroughly enjoyed. Well, and they, I, there's another good example talking back to how John C. Riley did so well you know there's the they're giving him shit about the boat and then he turns to him at one point he's like i built this with we spent six years of our life right. trying to get this so shut the fuck up right you know and it's like it's that kind of thing you wouldn't expect that no it shades it in it adds character and humanity to these, right. these cartoon characters basically Oh. Especially knowing what we know now, that well, what I know now, that it is part of the this like monster mash they want to get going. Right. You know, you don't think like same thing with Mad Max. It's like you guys could have just come out and done a practical effects heavy, beautiful kind of showcase for that, but mm. they ended up having this real, and it's not a complicated story, but there's a fucking story there, and nothing drives me more crazy but when people say but there's there no isn't story a story. To Mad Max. Fuck off. There's a story. There's no plot. Missing plot. <laughs> I watched that while I played Zelda tonight. Did, did you find any Mad Max type music in this? Because the last couple things we've seen have had that. I didn't get that. That that drum beat. What were we? It was Moana. Moana. We didn't do a, a cast for Moana, did we? No, we didn't. Do I did a write up of it on the site, but we didn't cast it. No. We would have just ended up singing the entire time. Probably. And then we would have gotten copyright hit. We should do a Hamilton podcast. I, I will talk about Hamilton for like five hours if you want to talk about Hamilton. Well, how much of that five hours is just going to be singing it? All of it. Okay. <laughs> it, uh, half of it will be singing, half of it will be sobbing. Um, uh, I don't know why. Oh, well, Moana, we were sitting there and then you were like, did you catch that little like Mad Max bit in there? And I went on the wiki afterward, and like some, sure enough, like other people had noticed it too. It, it's like the Inception Bois. It's the the drums are in there everywhere. Mm-hmm. But um. But then um, you know, so they save the day. Kong stays, um, and they get away. Yes. You know, um, which. I'm, I can't wait to start reading shit online for people who didn't stay. Who are like, the Congo after the Here, choppers. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. One, just even pre-Stinger scene. I, I studied a little film uh, post-grad. And um, you should stay and watch the film. They just A lot of people put a lot of work into that movie. Five minutes are never gonna get any fucking like recognition at all. You can sit, chat about the movie a little bit, sit and watch the fucking credits roll. You can do that. You can take some time out of your day. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know where number two is gonna be. Two is two per- was who the fuck doesn't stay to watch for a stinger scene anymore? Right. Like legitimately. Post Iron Man, you stay. I don't care what the fucking movie is. Yeah. Stay. God only knows. Never know. Because yeah, I guarantee there are gonna be people online who are like, oh. I don't know. Maybe you went after those helicopters. It's because they're they're idiots. And it's like, yeah. Though the way they kind of framed it, it was like he's going after those fucking helicopters, yes. isn't he? <laughs> he's getting like the Kill Bill sirens are gonna start going, and he's just gonna start charging. <laughs> um, I I think there's a another podcast or not a podcast, a YouTube video series, which uh, will probably cover this movie, and I. I'm going to guess he'll incorporate Kill Bill stuff into his review. We'll see. We'll see. I would think. I don't know. Uh, are we thinking of the same person? Same website, I should say. No, this was... Uh, maybe. Who are you thinking of? I'm thinking movies with Mikey. Uh, I'd be very interested to see what he thinks of this movie. Yeah. Does he do, like, newer releases, though? I think usually he wants it to be out so he can watch it a couple times. We can really kind of... Yeah, I, I wouldn't imagine it would come out anytime soon. Or, But, you know, I, I, when it does... I will say that's a great, great, great series that was recommended to me by a friend of mine who was like, they have a Last Action Hero episode. Go watch that immediately. Because <laughs> that movie is a delight. And I will hear no one speak against it. The other one... So Charles of Dance is in that movie as the villain, and he is brilliant. Okay. The other series, I'll be interested in their take, too. If... If they do it. I would be shocked if they don't. Uh, we're talking about Red Letter Media, obviously, and if Mike doesn't like it, I'd be genuinely surprised. This seems like the kind of thing Jay would be kind of more like, meh on. But there's a schlockiness to this, and we are not... The Red Letter Media Meta Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are the ones who who uh, dole out the, the shock praise. We we don't have the experience with it that they do, but I'd be a little surprised. But I, I don't I don't see how because barring everything that we've spoken about, it's just it's a fun movie. Yes. It's it's yeah. Even if you don't look into long. the deep, I think it was over parts, what like two hours. There was a point in the movie. It was a brief point, but I was like, "Let's go, okay, let's go, let's, let's go. go, let's go, let's begin." Because we had a lot of trailers before this. Yes, and I think I thought this. It started ten minutes earlier than it actually did, so I was already kind of like, "Let's get to the fucking movie, guys." Okay, come on, let's go. Right. Um, but no, it's just a fun, good way to spend like two hours and 15 minutes and it is definitely a movie worth seeing on the big screen yes i would agree with that you know because there's plenty of really good movies that i'll still recommend you go see while it's out but you know it's more to the oh go see it before it's spoiled for you right but this one really will you will get the benefit from seeing it on the well that screen. was like uh i oh i wanted to see interstellar on the big screen mm-hmm. and now that i can't i'm like and i know the ending too so it's kind of like yeah. see i haven't spoiled it so oh good for you well i'm matthew mcconaughey said something kind of pro-trump so and as a 
lady feminist who hates fun. Fuck that guy. Or maybe he's just being his character. And he's happy. <laughs> I gotta watch that first season again. That first season's amazing. One little last thing I would like to talk about, yeah. and this is to um, folks who do listen and do frequent movie theaters. We don't usually go to movies on Friday nights too much anymore. We usually go either the Thursday before when you get like the seven o'clock showing and then it's really, it's the folks who all really want to see the movie. So they're pretty quiet or we go on like Tuesday, Wednesday when it's, sure. it's not too crowded. Mm -hmm. We don't really go peak times anymore. And I, the last couple times we've actually, we have gone peak times. I remembered why we don't go peak times. It, on both sides of us, we had people that were just talking through the entire movie. It's like, and, and I understand it's a theater where it's like you're on a couch, you can recline. It does not mean that you're in your fucking living room. No. Shut the fuck up and watch the fucking movie. Well, it, you know, you you spend a lot of money to go to the movies. Uh, you Your tickets are going to cost you anywhere between 10 to $20, depending on your theater. You're going to spend 20 bucks on popcorn and a soda. More if you buy anything else. And that's for two people. And that's and they serve booze now, too. So, I mean, yeah, you might be getting some drinks. It's you, like $50 to go to the You're going to spend now. a lot of money. So, actually take in the product you're paying for. Well, that's what drives me crazy, right? Because then it's these same people that are like, oh, yeah. It was just, it's like, well, you weren't fucking watching the movie. Right. Just, you're here. Watch the fucking movie. And maybe the people next to you are trying to watch it for their podcast no one listens to. So, shut your fucking faces so I can, like, actually, like, enjoy it. It's just, it's rude, and it, it, it makes no sense. It drives me crazy. It and absolutely drives me crazy. If you if you are not enjoying the movie... You're going. Leave. Leave. Yeah. Like, well, here's a question for you. Have you ever walked out of a movie? No. I got close with Ang Lee's The Hulk... Because I was with somebody, a um, girlfriend of mine, and we were both just kind of like, this is just not scratching an itch. And the only movie that I've ever actually walked out on was Silent Hill. The first one. I, and I only paid like three bucks to see that biz. I almost walked out of Avatar. Uh, Last Samurai. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Um, I should have walked out of <laughs> you went to the theater to see that? We were in Boston. Mikey was underage, and there was nothing else to do. Oof. <laughs> I watched that with the riff tracks, and that was still a rough sit. Yeah. Um. But the other thing that I did want to just briefly mention was everything that we've done a cast on has either been a pre-existing property or a sequel to something. We yeah. need like some original shit here. It's, I, I agree. Um, I and mean, that's not any fault of our own. No. And the next couple things we probably will do, like I do want to go see Beauty and the Beast because I want to compare it to the original. We're going to go see Ghost in the Shell. Uh, I've got a lot to shit on about Power Rangers. Like the next movie's on our dockets. And then fucking uh, Fast and the Furious comes out in a couple weeks. Uh, Guardi uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. We've got a lot of sequels and pre-existing properties yeah I, and i mean that's kind of it's unfortunately the nature of a beast right, right and it's it's hard 
it really is hard to do these original properties. You know, you get. Um, no, I did also want to see the Belco experiment. Uh, that was um, James, uh, James Gunn. He wrote it. Okay. He didn't direct it, but he wrote it with okay. his buddy uh, Michael Rooker or something. Mm. Uh, uh, which I hear is basically like battle royale in a fucking like office building, but. But you know, it's hard. I think it's really difficult for them to get these movies through but when they do get through i think they tend to be good mm-hmm. you know inception uh well christopher nolan can do whatever the fuck he wants i mean right um so yeah i would like to see more original ideas in general i just want to see good movies i mean that's basically what it all boils down to for me and i think you know? we've seen so many of these sequels or reboots or soft reboots they're shit mm-hmm. or just boring Boring, mediocre, you know, it's mediocre. like, you know, you, like we've talked about, it. you spend a lot of money through the movies. Right. Like if, you know, and not everything has to be Mad Max. No, 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 no. And it, it, to go into the movies expecting everything, you, you to walk out with that same level of enjoyment. Right. Is just. Unreasonable. You're fooling yourself. But, you know, I don't want to see. Batman v Superman colon Donna Justices. No, I was worried because we hadn't brought it up yet. One minute, uh, one hour, nineteen minutes. Okay, we did bring it up. We did bring we're it up. Contractually obligated to bring it up whenever we do a podcast. <laughs> you know, I don't. And it's just fun s- to say. It is. Batman v Superman colon Donna Justice. Or Suicide Squad. Oof. You know, and because there is a market, and it's a market we enjoy, of bad movies. Oh, for sure. But they have to be fun. And that's what every, you know, I think you get so many movies that they're trying to be more than what they are, and... Well, I mean, and you you can do that, because I think you saw it with this movie, where they tried, there there's some interesting uh, subtext to it that like kind of... this one pulled it off. Well, it does, right. <laughs> right. That doesn't happen. Suicide Squad out. did not. No. Well, I don't know what they were trying to do with Suicide Squad. They were. So, it was an editing experiment. So fucking worried about Wonder Woman, like. Ugh. But. Um and, uh, I guess just we are kind of running long. So I think this is probably our longest yeah. uh, cast to date. It's gonna be a bit of a bear to edit, but. But uh, just to kind of cap off, you know, the end of the movie, we see or the stinger. You know, you see the tie-in to guys. If I could take you through, it was like journey. There was this moment at your friend's wedding where the hot dog tray came around. It was a it was a hot dog tray. (laughs) It was a hot dog tray moment. (laughs) Because guys, I had no idea, and that's like you don't understand how crazy that is for me. Like Bob will come home and he'll be like, "Oh, did you see?" I'm like, "Yeah." He doesn't even say what it was. I'll be like, "Yeah, I saw that." And he's like, how the fuck do you... I'm like, yeah, I just know everything. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry about it. I'm like the Oracle. I'm in there. This, no clue. No fucking clue. And that that joy I felt when I, the realization washed over me. I'm hitting Bob, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I wish... That never happens anymore. Well, I wish I had, rec- had that recorded so I could post it on the internet and say, Hollywood... This is what you want. This is the reaction you want people to have. Mm-hmm. You don't have to put every last fucking thing 
out there. Well, and I will say, to be fair, they did put it all out there. I just either completely blocked it out or somehow avoided reading about it. Right. But, I mean, that does happen for people um, who don't like to spoil everything for themselves. Yeah, I can't help But, you know, even me, I... It just doesn't make any sense because I, I actively try to avoid this shit. He does. Guys, guys, guys. Seriously. Like, when he says that, he means it. Bob didn't play the first Bioshock until a couple of years ago. I think right before Infinite came out. Yes. So maybe like two years ago. A little over two, two, three years we ago. We were in Arlington Heights. Were we in Arlington Heights or were we in the city? I thought we were in Arlington Heights. Maybe. Whatever. Bioshock came out in, like, 2006. He stayed unspoiled for, like, seven, eight years. <laughs> That's a le- Like, I, like, was like, oh, I'm never gonna have an Xbox 360. Let me read up the entire story on myself. Like, like that's just what I do. Like, I was genuinely shocked when you were, like, didn't know all... Uh, it- Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. But, so yeah, it's, it's just really surprising, but um, I, I'm, like, all about creating this monster universe. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, and... yeah, 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 and do the f- kind of big monster fighting mm-hmm. you did here. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yes, please. Yes, please. Well, and the, it, the f- just the fighting was so good. I felt like, you know, Guillermo talked about in Pacific Rim, like... Getting, like, weight. Right. And, and like, getting the speed right, right. and because like if he if he had been too realistic, it would have been slow, I, you know. So there's a lot to it, and I felt like it just looked natural. It did. You know, it, it looked like okay. I believe this is what it would look like to have a giant. Ape. Well, and that's kind of the the magic of animation, right? You really gotta be thinking about all that shit when you're doing it. It right. has to look like it's got weight and like. There's there's force to it, a kinetic energy to it all. Mm-hmm. So, but no, a thoroughly enjoyable movie. Very very good time at the movies. Like if you're looking for a two hours to go kill, I I'd say go kill it with this. Yes. Now, um, uh, next up on our docket, I think uh, what we got? We Beauty and the Beast just came out today. Yes. And I do want to do a comparison, because I don't think there's any way it could compare to the original. I can't. I'm, I, and I mean, basically, we'll go see it. what I want to go what, do, I we'll have, go on like a Tuesday yeah, or some shit. I have no desire to see it, but we'll go see it because we want to do it. Um, the biggest thing, is, and I've been talking about this since we, we, we saw Moana and I found out about this, this uh, remake. How is The Rock not Gaston? And that'll just be, like, a little, like, taster, because that's, like, all we're going to talk about when we see this movie. So I've read a couple reviews, and they say What's-His-Nuts does a decent enough job. Luke Evans, is that his name? Luke Owens, some shit like that? No, you've just named two people who that is not. <laughs> Who's Luke Owens? Luke Owens? That's not a person, is it? Luke well, Evans is... The Owens Brothers? Oh, yeah, that is them, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking about Zelda. I'm just... <laughs> I'm gone, guys. Like, that's a person you know. Yeah. What's he done for me lately, though? <laughs> Nothing since old school. He's been in stuff since old school. 
But has he done it for you? No, not for me. (laughs) Old school was all for me. That's a little known fact. Um, But, uh, yeah, so that'll be like 99% of our discussion about why a giant wrestler was not chosen to play Gaston. Um, And then Power Rangers also comes out next week. And uh, I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry. I need to correct myself. Oh, okay. It's not Luke Owens. It's Luke Wilson and Owen Wilson. There! Ha! Ha! I, I do oh, like Shaw. Maybe that was his character in the Fast movies. <laughs> do, do you like how I kind of crossed those over? Yes, though? and I, I was totally like, oh yeah. Totally. Oh yeah, 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 that's yeah right, sure, yeah. that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> again, Zelda and the Brain guys, and it's already like midnight here, so I'm not gonna have that much time to play. So we will leave it at that. Uh, we will say, uh, may you ride off into the distance, shiny and chrome. And we will see you hopefully uh, sometime next week for either Beauty and the Beast or Power Rangers. And until then, bye. This has been a Confanger Shark production.